ACAST. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I get there. Like, she breaks up with me at the state. Like, we're driving back to her house. Like, so I'm breaking up with you. And I meet her new boyfriend that night. Oh. I'm, I'm there because I'm 24 hours late. I'm only there for two days. I'm there for like 50 hours. And then I get in a train to come home and I'm delayed 24 hours in the way home. I arrive at 3.28 a.m. <laughs> at the bus stop near my school. And I like walk home, take a shower and drive to work. No sleep. It was, it was, but, but it's such a great story. Wait, and I'm pretty I, sure your wallet got stolen too. Yes, my wallet got stolen. <laughs> I forgot about that. I lost my ID. 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys. Thanksgiving. Did uh, did we gain any weight? Oh, I did the weigh-in this morning, and it was not pretty at all. <laughs> I actually did the weigh-in this morning, and uh, was exactly the same. Oh, so I'm oh, thrilled. Jeff. Thrilled, because I was now. Having said that, I went into Thanksgiving on a low note. I had put on a little weight in the two weeks leading up to Thanksgiving, okay. so I was very worried about the avalanche. But I have plateaued, and now this week's about you got. Yeah, right, I'm in a good shape though. B and I, B and I ran the Oakland Turkey Trot Thursday morning. All right, and uh, I got a good run in yesterday, so there's some, there's been some improvement. I I ran the Asheville Turkey Trot. The whole plane family got out there. Oh, it's great! On Thanksgiving morning. Oh, it's fun. So painful. Uh, and I ran my fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I I refuse to accept a um, podcast that does not begin, fellas. I don't know how I feel oh, about shoot. your new. Oh shoot! Did intro. I not? I'm, yeah. I'm so I'm so. Uh... You start literally. You started it this way. Okay, so 1991. <laughs> let's talk about Thanksgiving. I'm You're so all, upset. all business. I'm all so business. upset about my weight gain. <laughs> <laughs> fellas, how are you? It is a cold night in Asheville. What is it? Monday night, we got to turn this thing around by Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. We'll Let's talk do real this. fast. How Let's cold is this. cold? Is it in the 30s? How cold are you? Yeah, it's 32 degrees right now. Woo! What is it uh, in Knoxville, Ben? I got to check. It's somewhere there for sure. Going down to 23 tonight. See? Oh my God. Yes. It was 73 degrees today. In we Marin get the County. weather, we get the health update and the commute. How's the commute, Jeff? Terrible. 
terrible. Okay. Commutes are always terrible. Commutes are always terrible. Uh, on to as the a, music. Um, actually, <laughs> first, as a public safety announcement to all of our listeners, please yeah. remind your children to look both ways before oh, they cross God. the street and then look both ways a second time because uh, my eldest was actually struck by a vehicle crossing the street legally without headphones or a phone in his hand so uh, Monday of this break. He is fine. He had a, he got a concussion. We had a very exciting trip to the emergency room. Um, but no, yeah, um, just uh, when you when you're going over crosswalk rules with your with your children, like you want to emphasize that shit. And when you're when you have teenage drivers, yeah, tell them to triple check at crosswalks head, before they a swivel blow through the box. So yeah, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, but I'm glad he's doing okay. He's fine. He's fine. He had plenty of brain cells to. He didn't really. As as Ben said, he had his <laughs> bell rung, and that's yeah, all. That's First right. of all, and, that's false. And fifty year old <laughs> white guys, sick parlance. Yeah, he had his clock cleaned, but he's yeah. all right. Put a little mud fine. on it. Get out. He there. didn't need that third set of digits. <laughs> he got to a hundred. Didn't need to count to a thousand. He's not like a mathematician. Uh, well, uh, the the podcast sends its love his way. Much and, appreciated. Uh, why don't we do that with a little music? Because I know ah. he's going to love this song. This is the Grammy winner. It really speaks to his generation as well. 1991. This is for it. you, big boy. By the way, oh, you're going to play it? No, no, Dude, go ahead. We have been on an unroll. We've been on an anti-roll. Uh-oh. With the Grammy. Oh, yeah, it's getting. It's not I, about like, I'm going to go ahead and speculate that this year is not going to improve my mood. You should sit down. It's the Grammy winner. Unforgettable with Love by Natalie Cole. Oh, <laughs> this hurts my feelings so bad. Unforgettable. Unforgettable. Go ahead and pause because we've already heard that song. Is there anything else on this? Record? Yeah, what's the B side of Unforgettable? Yeah, what what else is on the record? And let's do the top. Here's the lead off track. Lead off track. The very thought of you and I forget to do. <laughs> I already I already want to do harm to myself. The little ordinary things that everyone ought to do. Can I stop now? There's a version of Route 66 on here. Let's give a little bit of that. Let's hear it. <laughs> oh, they, for uh, sure. Thank let's you. Let's hear about they rock. By the that way, one that's out. the rocket new style. Oh, Jesse. This sounds like what Jessica Rabbit would sing to. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so cliche. If you ever plan to motor west. Okay, I'm done. Oh, okay. Lord, that was so brutal. Something they all right, would so have first sold. of all, I think that we should just be sucks. absolutely clear. Yeah. That Nat King Cole's like actual career is fine. Yeah. He's a tremendous guy. He's got multiple different jazz standards. He's fine. That's not the problem with this at no. all. Right. 
No. I mean, it's 1991. And they're like, what was popular 50 years ago? <laughs> 50 years ago. Yeah, it's just I mean, this is going to be like Sean Lennon is going to put out an album with his dad this year and it's going to win the Grammy. Like that's an actual, that's the, the equivalent of this. Oh, like, just insane. Right. That's really, that's really conceivable. That would That's, be an equivalent. I was writing when the that producer hired me for the Janis Joplin screenplay. I was like, really? Like people want to see a a Janis Joplin movie right now? He's like, oh, she was a big star. I'm like, that was 50 years ago. She like, was cool though. Besides, they already <laughs> made that movie. It was Bette Midler's The Rose in 1979. That's correct. <laughs> so you could just change that around. There's a great 30 Rock where um, they're trying to do a Janis Joplin biopic, but they can't get the rights, so they're doing a Janie Jimplin <laughs> biopic. <laughs> it's so great. So, Ben Barton, you have been a big defender of, of uh, artists who go get that money. Like, yeah. You go ahead. You do what you got to do. You get the bag. That's <laughs> so different. Are you saying that? With Natalie? No, I really can't help this at all. There's nothing I have for this. And also, like, the, like, I just I, I I speculate on this. I'm just gonna re-speculate. This woman hates her dad. She never <laughs> met her dad. She's literally like, I hated that freaking guy. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna exhume him. I'm gonna jam him in, and I'm gonna just glom onto it. And I, it's like it's the word. It's like blood money. It's like very guilt. Like it's not good <laughs> at all here. Oh, everything about this is so bad. The playing is so hackneyed. The arrangements are so threadbare. I mean, it really. Wow. And let's let's really state it plain. Like Natalie Cole, she's a fine singer, but she's not a great singer. Like her voice doesn't come in on track one. You're like, oh, well, I understand now. I mean, it sounds like if Shauna Morrison took Tupelo Honey and sang all over it and stuck it out there with her dad without her dad's permission. Like that's kind of <laughs> what it's like. By the way, that's like. preferable. We should work on that. <laughs> be great. Careful, Tim would love it. What we say. A whole about, new fresh take on the classics. Careful what we say about Van Morrison. He does have an album this year. Yeah, I hope it'll be a hundred tracks this year. Hey, by the way, I looked up track six will be on called Wikipedia. "I'm in My Kitchen." <laughs> there is a building. That is known as the house that Nat King Cole built. Can you name it? No. Huh. The Capitol uh, Records building in LA. No way. That makes oh, sense. Amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. that's great. Oh, and yeah. that's a beautiful, spectacular building. And that's that's a pretty that's a fitting legacy right there. They should have right. just stopped. He had the building. Yeah. No need for unforgettable. <laughs> yeah. Put your songs in the vault. <laughs> um, all right. Well. Let's keep going on the 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys podcast on the Music City Drive-In podcast network. So many plane crashes, terror attacks, and coups in 1991. Like, I couldn't keep track. It was... Timmy, I love it, man. Horrifying. This is the best. This is what people come for, for sure. It really is. First, we bury that <laughs> kid call, and then we just scooch right to terror attacks. Let's do I it. assume everybody stops listening as soon as you say our three albums. Like, well, the good part's over. And then they. <laughs> yeah. Um, funnily enough, we haven't had a groundswell of, of, um, of support from, from the audience about bringing back are NASA references that because there's a real good Gemini uh, 
discovery this year, but you guys banned space, I guess. All right. So let's go right uh, off the bat to the invitation to cynicism. Ben Barton, you're going to bear the brunt of this examination. Fair. This is the year that Anita Hill accuses Clarence Thomas of sexual harassment and goes before, I guess, the Judicial Committee? Yeah, totally. To tell her story. Chaired by Joe Biden. Yeah, how, how did you... How did you process that then? And, and what do you think about it as you look back on it now? Yeah, so I have a really rough and ready, and it's not a technical legal thing about whether I decide that I'm gonna, basically my, my test for believing these sorts of accusations is, if it was fake, would you have made this up? And I mean, her story, the details of her story were so yeah. deeply insane yeah. that I was like, how long would it take you to come up with pubic hair and a Coke can? Like that's yeah. the sort of thing that somebody said to you that you never, ever under any circumstances would, would have thought of. that. Right. Because I mean, like, like it's a lot easier to be like, he called me into my office. He said to he asked me to do oral sex. I refused and he didn't give me a promotion. Like right. that's a really vanilla story. I'm not saying those, those stories can be true too. I'm not saying those stories are false. I'm just saying when they tell a story that's so insane, there's no way that they would have made it up. I'm like, well, well, that seems likely to be true for sure. Right. I mean, all of that being said, um, and this will be a very unpopular opinion for most people who are hearing this. Clarence Thomas is an amazing dude. Like he grew up in the like deep, deep, deep poverty. He's one of the poorest people to ever make it on the Supreme Court. He lived out in the outskirts of Savannah, Georgia, in a community that did not speak English as his first language. And Jeff, maybe you'll know the language, like Gulichi or is it Gula? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they spoke an African like, yeah. former slave dialect until yep. he was eight when he moved into Savannah. And then he went to an all black oh. Catholic school and then integrated a, a white Catholic school in 11th grade. He's just an amazing, amazing person to achieve what he achieved in his life. And again, I'm not, I'm not here to defend any of the Indian Hill stuff. I'm just saying it's a, it's an amazing American story. Um, do you know what the um, what the confirmation vote was? Tell us. Fifty-two to forty-eight. Close. Pretty close. That was close. I don't remember it being that close. That's interesting. Yeah, me neither. I'm totally one hundred percent with Ben on that. As soon as that Coke can thing happened, I was like, "That that guy's dirty." There's yeah. no way he didn't say that. It was just such a. And of course, I'm like. Just being the kind of dude that says things like that probably is a red flag for the Supreme Court. But oh, really putting your opinion out there, huh? Well, I, you know, <laughs> thing, I want I want to push back. I have this question about Ben because I, I know I know some of that stuff from Clarence Thomas because Ben has has told it to me before. But what do you make of the 30 years of silence on the bench? Like just no talking. For decades and decades is that because he's he's got nothing to say he's in over his head he's just waiting for marching orders once he didn't talk for five years it be kind of became a cool thing that was his thing and so he just kept it up like how do you read his like silence total silence through three or four generations of decisions so first he has started asking questions right yes now Second yeah there's a version of it where, first of all, I do think he was really, really, really scarred. And he's not the only guy. I mean, like, 
the 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 process of getting on the court has been really really scarring for a lot of people and that's okay. really turned them off to the entire process um and also there's a version of it where it could be a silent protest the the, the q a stuff is is largely theater okay really. i mean honestly like if the Supreme Court hasn't made up their mind before they start taking the questions, like what are they doing? You know what I mean? They've already read all the briefs. The, the questions are there to help convince other people or show they, other things. They've accepted the case in the first place. Yeah, totally. They got something to say. So I mean, so there's a version of it where he's just like, I'm just out on this entire this entire thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my thing later. Okay. Interesting. It's not a requirement. Like if he had never written any opinions or he never voted, then I would be like, well, he's not doing his job. It's not a I requirement gotcha. that you ask the questions. And believe me, dude, like they, 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 they don't let, they don't, um, they don't televise them, which in my opinion is a shame, but they do record them. And if you listen to them, you won't be like, boy, I wish more people are asking questions. There's I know, I know. I, I, you know what I mean? Like there's plenty of people waiting in line to ask questions. I guess that's true. Okay. All right. We had the uh, the Gulf War in 1991, which I'm sure weighed heavily on your minds as it did mine at the time. Started. I actually had a really, I have a vivid memory of a classmate asking me what my plan was when we got drafted. Right. Like I was, it was spring of 1991, and he was like, you know, he was he was frantic, and he was like, you know, what's your what's your escape plan from the United States? I'm like, for what? I'm like, for the draft. We're going to get drafted and have to go to this war. And I was like, we are not going to get drafted. There's just no way there's support for this war if it involves conscription. It's way too close to Vietnam. And and I think nine-tenths of us will say not doing it. And then the draft will collapse. And they know that. And so there will be no draft. And he thought I was crazy. He thought, like, the letter was coming any day. And, like, he was really, like, worked up and like close to tears about like i don't want to go to kuwait yeah and i i so you say it weighed on us like i i was not i never once thought it was going to come to that okay I yeah, really the media really like I, I remember having a discussion with somebody where i was like you know it's like the fifth biggest military in the yeah. world like it's a there's a really a lot of guys there and they've been yeah. soviet trained blah 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 I mean, the media really played it up as if it was like oh, the elite. Remember the elite Republican guard. Oh, that's yeah. what they called him Dude, over to, and over well, again. I mean, I, I I remember like the like the bombs started going, and it also was the first televised war, way yeah. more so than Vietnam. And I mean, it was like it was the first time I remember being like, "Wow, it's pretty good TV." Like that's pretty gripping right there. <laughs> like you'd see the rocket come in and the building explode. I'd be like, "Wow, oh. that's not even a movie." Like that's the thing that's happening. Anyhow, I mean, the hot knife through butter part where they were just like, "Oh." took a couple of days we conquered the whole country yeah. but i mean the the cutting through like they had the, the fifth biggest army in the world and all those dudes were like we're just there's a gun behind us that's the only reason we're here as soon as they're not going to shoot us we drop them and run yeah so so jeff your your conversation must have been in the early early spring because it does end yeah uh, what april 28th or something like that yeah it um, was... and of course the iraqi army lit the kuwaiti oil fields on fire a fire that burned till how long? How long to put out those oil fires in Kuwait? Five years? Yeah, I thought oh. I was going to guess. Oh, not that guess. long. No, no, uh, till November. So eight okay. still. to November. That's a pretty good fire right there. <laughs> pretty good fire. Okay. That's a fire. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. So let's go now to the number one selling album of 1991 speaking of someone who's on fire it's the number one album 
Mariah Carey by Mariah Carey. I'm doing another one. Hold on. Better, warmer, closer. gigantic Madonna fan and I am generally speaking a fan of this genre I, I never warm to Mar- Maria Ka- Mariah Carey like I really can't like I, I actually I can't even name my favorite Mariah Carey song oh dream shit. lover how does that one go dream lover come rescue me yeah that's I mean maybe this came in like that little valley period in between Madonna and, and the things that came back like I don't know when that was yeah. Dream Lover not in the top 10 on Spotify there. What? That's All I awesome. Want for Christmas with its 982 million <laughs> listens. It's yeah. a little uh, bit ahead. I, I guess that's my favorite. That must be my favorite Mariah Carey song <laughs> is that one. But I mean, am I wrong, Jeff? Is there a Mariah Carey song that you're like, oh, I ride for that? No, not really. Uh, I I got to admit, like, I mean, first of all, listening to her next to Natalie Cole, like she's so much better than Natalie oh, Cole. That, that, you can't she's grade so on that much curve. better than, than most of the stuff that sounds like that. And if I'm not mistaken, we're in this moment where everything sounds like this. Like, doesn't Wilson Phillips have their big hit like yeah, right around here? Probably. And it's like the same exact backing track and synthy fake guitar sound with ridiculous drums. She can sing her ass off, but I, I never, I never emotionally connected with it. And I got to be honest, like, I was so turned off by the whole Tommy Matola thing that it took me years to get over it, right? Like, I mean, that- Who's Tommy Matola? The guy who discovers her for Sony, like starts going out with her when she's like 14 and he's a big like, classic greasy cigar chomping radio executive. I mean, it's a Harvey Weinstein, sick, twisted story before anybody gave a shit about that. And like, uh. he escapes that and then- goes a little crazy and becomes like, you know, she's had a bunch of rap videos. And like, I always found her so heartbreakingly abused by the system that made her famous that, that uh, I could never really dig into it. I always felt guilty. I just felt bad and guilty about her whole career from the jump and I never got over it. And also she- like rough contemporaries, 
There are several Whitney Houston songs that I actually like. Yep. Uh, there are several Paula Abdul songs that yeah, I actually like. And let's not forget Mary J. Blige, who I think right, who I think crushes her. I think Mary J. Blige is the best of all of the names. I'm pretty sure. Doesn't name. the Nina Cherry song come out this year too? Oh, I mean, Buffalo Stance. That yes. song crushes. Yeah, song and Janet so Jackson's great. a rough contemporary. There's several great Janet. Justify My Love, the Madonna song, comes out this year. Yeah, like all of those songs are great. Um, and I just can't. I just have nothing from Mariah Carey. I think I don't want to cry is her biggest hit this year, or maybe someday. That's what we were just listening to was someday. That's brutal right there. What's the oh. one where she sings like the the microscopic notes at the t- at the end, like right. woo, 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 woo. that that I remember. She sings the same notes that Minnie Ripperton hits in uh, her her hit, yeah, "Loving <laughs> You, Loving You." Dude, easy. also I'm looking at the top 100 Billboard biggest hits. Summertime came out this year. Oh, there oh you go. that's a good one. Fresh Brits went so good. So good. <laughs> All right. We're getting off track. Let's get back. Let's reel it in, people. Yes. Sorry. And let's talk about the singing revolution. Name the three countries involved in the singing revolution. <laughs> yeah, let's reel it back to the dead Is it silence. Paul Abdul, Mariah Carey, and Madonna? Because <laughs> if it's not, it? we have no luck to. Is that why you asked us? We're talking about the breakup of the Soviet Union. Okay. And the three countries that kind of hasten the collapse. Well, first, oh, we so- sent Billy Joel over. Are we one of the countries? <laughs> <laughs> and he started yelling at the guys. Let me do my show! <laughs> uh, well, Ukraine is one of them, right? It's uh, it's Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia. Latvia and Estonia. So the Very Balkans. Nice. All right. Indeed. And then there's a million Wait, new countries. Did you say Balkans Kazakh- or Baltic? Yeah, don't I say Balkans. They- I said Bal. I said Balkans, <laughs> but I meant Baltic. I know that Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia all go together. Nice. <laughs> it's something that starts with a B. <laughs> all right. Could you, uh, Jeff Simons, indulge us? Are, are either of you picking Nirvana? No. No. Okay. Could you indulge us with just a little bit of Smells Like Teen Spirit? Because I've got a grunge question for you all. Okay. We covered this, by the way, in season one for all you new listeners. Hard to turn that song off. So I was reading um, Big Year for for Nirvana and this album. I was reading a description of grunge and the writer said it was characterized by distorted guitars, dispirited vocals, and lots of flannel. And I kind of latched on to that idea of dispirited vocals because in this song, Kurt Cobain sings, I feel stupid and contagious is that kind of the foundation for radiohead and tom york to sing creep for beck to sing i am a loser like has there ever been kind of this self-loathing in music what about early punk jeff simons i mean this kind of sad introspection is this yeah, no, that's in punk rock. 
There's a great old pu- British punk rock song called Jilted John. Uh, the name of the song and the band and the album are all Jilted John. And it's a song about being broken up with. And it's hilarious. And it, it involves the great line, I was sad that I cried all the way to the chip shop, which is one of my all-time favorite. <laughs> and also, lines. I totally recommend it. The guy's got the super extra thick accent. He's like, Oi, I am Jilty George. I am very sad. He's too sad with the angry who is, who is he with? Yeah, yeah, Julie. And they were laughing at me. But the Clash have a couple no, of those songs. Like also, I disagree. I think dispirited is a terrible word. Me That's too. a dumb, dumb, dumb description of I it. I think and you also, wanted to build off of distorted. Yeah. You should yeah. not, you, it's not the vocals. That's wrong. The vocals right. are super energetic. Like, yeah. if there's anything you can say about Nirvana is they're yelling. And Pearl Jam, I mean, the vocals are really, really, really into it. It's not that. It's alienation. It's that they're expressing this deep, deep alienation from society. And that's been a lot. I mean, believe me, that's a rock thing going all the way back in the day. Like that, there's a vein of that that runs all the way through. I mean, there's a vein of that that runs through freaking jazz music. Yeah. Like popular music frequently, especially popular music aimed at teenagers, frequently includes a heavy, heavy dose of alienation. So, in, so basically, that's darkness on the edge of town, right? That's Bruce singing about his own alienation. Yeah, sure. I mean, and it's also, you know, like uh, uh, Chuck Berry feeling left out. And it's yeah. also, I mean, and there's like, uh, you know, that's Coltrane. Coltrane is a hugely alienating, like, voice for sure. All right. Well, I got, can I just say, like, the whole grunge, the idea that grunge was its own thing, I think I'm actually, is the real problem here. Like, people have been trying to, to, do this whole slacker Gen X grunge, the flannel joke, right? Like, oh, it was the first set of rock stars that didn't dress sharply or smartly. <laughs> it turns out to be a giant pile of crap. Like there wasn't really wasn't a grunge movement. There was just a moment when rock music combined Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin and punk rock. And it was a little sludgier and a little messier, but then it immediately evolved into something else like, I mean, how many grunge bands were there? There's like Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, maybe Nirvana, Dinosaur Jr. Everything else is variations on rock and roll or metal or, I mean, I I just think the whole idea that it was its own, I think Seattle, it was cold. People wore flannel. Those first two bands were from Seattle and everybody was like, oh, it's a thing. I I actually, I, I, I would call shenanigans on the whole. I loved those bands. I loved them so much, but I was never like, I was never taking fashion cues from yeah. the grunge kids. The whole point was that to not take fashion cues, period. That was the whole point of the whole thing. And Although really, I did wear flannel and a hat oh, all the time. Oh yeah. I was really into it for sure. And I, I disagree with Jeff. I thought it was a real thing. I think grunge right. is an actual thing. And they were stealing from um, Scruffy the Cat, a nice Boston band. Yeah, that's right, know. Tim. <laughs> I all do right. love the name of that band. I think Scruffy the Cat's a great band name. Go ahead, play a little Tiger Tiger. No, no, I will not. No zero. That. Can't help you. No Tiger Tiger. Sorry, you're the one who said we're off track. I'm not going to let you go take us into Scruffy the Cat. All right, then we'll go to death. That fair enough? <laughs> I say the clues. You say the name of the person who died in 1991. Music, jazz, inventive, dentist, son. 
Dentist is a really fun clue. I haven't got it yet, though. Dentist. It's Miles Davis. Miles Davis. It is, is Miles Davis. Very uh, good. Uh, writer. Cat. Hat. Dr. Seuss. Ted Dr. Geisel. Seuss. It's one to one, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I'm so excited to see who wins. Actor. Angel. Prairie. Oh, Lauren Green, Lauren Michaels, Lauren something. Isn't it one of them? This is the. No. It's not Lauren Michaels, although that's. He already died. Lauren Green. Lauren Green already died. Sorry. Actor Angel Prairie. It's the guy from, uh, it's the dad from uh, the, from the Waltons. And I can't remember his name. No, it's the dad from Little House on the Prairie. Same thing. (laughs) And Touched by an Angel, right? That was the actual show he was in. Michael Michael, Hutton. Michael Landon. I got the Michael. Good I'm job. gonna take that as a win. I got that one. It was also a year. We... <laughs> <laughs> it was also a year. Uh, Freddie Mercury died. Yep. Uh, Steve Clark, the original guitarist for Def Leppard, um, and Eric Carr, who was the drummer for Kiss from 1980 after Peter Chris. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kiss was never the same after Eric Carr passed away in 1991. Okay, the last about- 30 years they've just been kind of re- retreading their old hits. It's been a shame. Well, I was going to move on to something like he died of heart cancer, Jeff. Ooh. Heart ca- I've never even heard of heart cancer. I don't even want to know that's a thing you can get. Yeah. I've got enough cancers to worry about right yeah. now. You always bring it you always bring the middle of the show to this lovely place. Let's Tim. talk about a coup. Um uh, not going to do our three albums. That's uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, a coup. Our three albums. Our three albums. Jeff, I think you go first. I'm going first. Okay. So uh, I love the album that I picked this year. I just love it. I, everyone has a record or two that takes them immediately back to a moment or a place. And uh, it doesn't have to be a happy place, but it can be so evocative of a moment in your life that uh, you just can't, you can't shake it. And sometimes that music's not all that good. And you're stuck with this like indelible memory and like Chuck Berry's My Dingling is playing in the background. But I am fortunate enough to have this like kind of unforgettable trip with with the wonderful soundtrack of a record that I listened to. I have this new thing where I listen to the record on the drive in in the morning that we're going to talk about at the podcast that night. It's been, I've done it for like the last four or five years. So all these songs are fresh in my head and I'm uh, super into it. So I had a college girlfriend and we tried to make it work long distance. And I went to California and she went to Michigan and uh, we had to break up and I wanted to do it in person. And so I was going to go to Ann Arbor for spring break. And, and oh, I had I this, this story. I had this dear friend <laughs> uh, who said, you know what you should do? You should take the train. Who takes the train? Who has the time? You could take the train to Ann Arbor and then you California here, and then you can take the train back. Oh, and, and my friend. By the way, I was like, see the country. So, see the country, Jeff. The friend who, It'll the be friend amazing. And my friend was like, you don't need your own cabin. That's for, you'll be fine in one of those seats. You're like, what's it, what, it takes like a day and a half. So I bought just a, a seat <laughs> to Ann Arbor, Michigan on an Amtrak. To, to break up. To, well, yeah. 
Um, you didn't know she was going to break up with you. You didn't know she was going to break up with you. Uh, I was pretty sure we were right. breaking up. Um, and then, it, I mean, it was time. It was okay. anyway, it, it was delayed 25 hours in each direction. So a, t- a, a, a 24 hour trip became a 50 hour trip. And it involved like getting off a broken train onto a bus, onto another train, taking a bus from Chicago to Ann Arbor instead. And I met crazy like a guy got on shirtless with a baby took one <laughs> like went 20 miles and then jumped off the train and ran off again like i talked to crazy people all night and you know i didn't have a cabin so i'm just in this chair and people are coming by and i spent almost all the time i was allowed to in the observation car and i get there like she breaks up with me at the state like we're driving back to her house like so i'm breaking up with you and I meet her new boyfriend that night. Oh. I'm, I'm there because I'm 24 hours late. I'm only there for two days. I'm there for like 50 hours. And then I get in a train to come home and I'm delayed 24 hours on the way home. I arrive at 3.28 a.m. <laughs> at the bus stop near my school. And I like walk home, take a shower and drive to work. No sleep. It was, it was, but, but. It's such a great story. Wait, and I'm pretty I, sure your wallet got stolen too. Yes, my wallet got stolen. <laughs> I forgot about that. I lost my ID. Oh my God. I forgot all about that. And of course, I could still get, they don't care. You don't need to show ID to get on a train. They're like, yeah, right. shirtless man with baby, hop on in. <laughs> anyway, I only had like, you know, I had the CD player with like the four CDs and the jacket. And uh, I remember this is their trip where I listened to Court and Spark by Joni Mitchell a lot. And I listened to this record. So this record is the sound of that breakup. Oh. And it's the sound of the end of that, like the end of the college relationship and the beginning of like, okay, it's, it's adult lifetime. And, and uh, just, just to recount, you arrive, she breaks up with you. And that night you meet her new boyfriend. Yeah. And he was, He's he was Mr. Rebound. Now I should say. And also, wait, it's Thanksgiving too, right? So you've missed Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not Thanksgiving. It's um, it's spring break. I miss spring break. Like oh. we don't go. You and I could have gone to L.A. We could have gone to Hawaii. I went to Michigan. Um, anyway, uh, and I should pre- I all this to say, this is a lovely human being who has since happily married and built a wonderful life for herself in Portland, Oregon, and we're in touch. And I saw her at the reunion for Haverford and Bryn Mawr that we went to a couple years ago and and there's no animus here at all and it's a hilarious great story okay but the, anyway the other record of the record of 1991 this artist I thought was going to be one of my guys like this is his third record um his first record is essentially his home demos that got put into a record the second record he did it by himself again and he used a drum machine a bunch of loops and it it's good songs terrible production but this when he got it all together he got a kick-ass band he recorded it all analog live in the studio old tube amps he's got 12 just killer songs and the most important thing he does is he hires richard lloyd who was from the band television who i've already talked about on this podcast about how much i love to play all the lead guitar and matthew sweet yes the girlfriend record in 1991 and he, and I, I expect the next 10 records to be equally wonderful. He never quite put it all no, back together. Like the next four or five records have two to three great tracks. 
Uh, and he's still a great guy. Like he did all the Austin Powers background music with Susanna Hoffs from the Bangles. And he he's like, everyone loves Matthew Sweet. I love Matthew Sweet. His career did not turn out the way I thought it would based on this record. But Matthew Sweet's girlfriend, if you like rock and roll, if you like great songwriting, if you like bare bones, no nonsense production where it's just bass drums, guitar, guitar and great singing. This is your record. You will love this record. Girlfriend, the title track was a hit. There's a hilarious love song to Winona Ryder. There's a song about falling in love with a, with an evangelical Christian who won't go out with him called Evangeline. There's a, just a unbelievably great breakup song. And you can't imagine why I liked it so much in this moment called <laughs> You Don't Love Me. But it's so good. It's so great. Let's go. Uh, the first song is a song about religious confusion called Divine Intervention. But I'm going to play the second track because I think it sums up everything this record does. Because this song, you're not going to do girlfriend. You should do girlfriend. You want me to do girlfriend? It's your call, but I mean that song is like a little rip shit. Little of both. Nah, I'll do girlfriend. Ben's right. Why? Why? Why get? Why confuse the audience? So here's the title track, and it tells you everything you need to know about this record: buzzy, fuzzy, beautiful guitars, killer drums, unbelievable harmonies. And, uh, and great lyrics, just snappy, great, quotable lyrics. Endlessly entertaining after 30 years. Uh, my pick for 1991 is Matthew Sweet's Girlfriend. Girlfriend by Matthew Sweet. The second verse, oh. he, the solos come in. I didn't know nobody. <laughs> the solos yep. come in afterwards. Yeah, it's freaking right. flying. Oh, so good. I've uh, given. Oh, Jeff, you go. No, I've given I'm... a lot of thought to guitar solos because oh. the great India King Canada's anti-guitar solo and my daughters are anti-guitar solo. Uh oh. And so I'm like, oh, am I just like? I mean, I I, I played guitar, and so am I just like an obnoxious guitar person? Then I'm like, no, no, no in the right spot it really expresses what the song is about it's like how in a movie you get the dialogue and the music and the picture and when it all comes together you're like you get this broader emotional context to it than if you right. just read the script and that's what a guitar solo can do and this song is a perfect example of it searing flying burning guitar solos that just right. express this guy and also jeff at this time we're early 20s, right? Oh, yeah. 
this such an early 20s vibe isn't it you know what oh. i mean you're just like i'm just like there's just, just, just testosterone burning yeah. through my body <laughs> like just amazing and it really captures it and also not i mean i i'm a i'm a huge fan of the angry guitar solo but this joyful the yes. joy in this song just like his sheer like i'm just i'm here i'm alive it's amazing yes it's it. really for an album that's got breakup songs and songs about things not working out it's so joyful it's so it's it's in love with music as much as it's in love with anything this record and uh really comes across all the way through and there's not a bad song on i mean like i listened to the whole thing today and i got to track 13 before i was like man this one's okay I mean, okay. every single song I was like humming along and you all the words I'm tapping the. I mean, it was it's great stuff. Look at all of us fans. Three, three bright green check marks for three uh, thumbs up. For Matthew Sweet. I did it. I'll nice screw up job. next week. Don't worry. But Woo. this 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 year, I love this record. All right, Ben, where will you take us in 1991? So this is a related topic. This is a related topic. Uh, Girlfriend is a Jeff Simons album. He loved this one. And I'm going to go backwards. If you've been paying attention, and it's, it's actually been worse in the album collections than it has been in the song collections. It seems like every third album, I'm like, oh, here's another one. Jeff's just like pressed on me, and I think it sucks. <laughs> and uh, just because I'm me, I haven't soft sold it at all. I'm like, no, nope, listen to that. And I'm still convinced that it sucks. Okay. Um, this year, this year, I'm going to choose an album that I did not listen to in 1991. And 1991 was an outrageous. It's a great year of my life. I graduated college. Indy and I were dating. Um, and it's a great music year. My favorite album from this year, and basically my favorite album from 1993 to 2000. Like this Woo! album sat as my favorite album yeah. for five to eight years, is... A Jeff Simons selection. No way! Jeff Simons told me to listen to. Oh, not only that, not only that. This is one where Jeff Simons was on it early, I, and Jeff will tell me whether this is my recollections right or not. I feel like Jeff in 1991 was like, "You need to listen to Uncle Tupelo Still Feel Gone." Ah, and Let's I I have a clear recollection of this conversation solely because of the name and my confusion i thought i'd heard them and i thought they were like leftover salmon like i thought they were a hippie <laughs> band. That's like, awesome i was like uncle tupelo why would i listen that's gonna suck no i'm not even gonna bother <laughs> to listen to it like i didn't even like some of jeff's recommendations i listened to and then dismissed after one or two listens <laughs> this one i was just like no hard no that name alone means I'm not going to listen to it. <laughs> uh, when Anodyne, I guess it's probably when Anodyne came out, then I went, I was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Then I went backwards and did it. And it turned out that Still Feel Gone is my favorite Tupelo record. I really listened to it today. I thought really hard about it. I like this record better than any Wilco record Whoa. or any Sunvolt record. This is my favorite work of art by these guys. Wow. It's not generally even considered the best uncle tupelo record um basically if you like some people will choose anodyne some people will choose the, the crazy one with the dates that's just the angry country record i don't like i love this record why first 
it's a rock record and it's yeah. old school old-fashioned burn the building down rock record awesome second it's a trio record and you can yeah. actually when you listen to this record you can understand where they broke up as soon as tweety starts playing guitar it was over tweety agreed super similar to mccartney he was like oh we need a bassist i'll play bass that's fine they actually got another guitarist. They were trying to work it out where Tweedy didn't have to do it, but they worked best as a trio. Three dudes, all basically, uh, Farrar was a year older, all from the same crappy high school in Belleville, um, Illinois. Illinois. Buddies from high school got together and they really, really, really love punk music and they really, really, really love country music and they just mashed it all together. <laughs> this is the record where they're actually co-writing the songs. The songs are fantastic. Huh. I assume, Jeff, you must love this record and why you recommend it to me. I mean, love this it's record. It's a Minutemen Husker Du record. All yes. the way it's a replacements record. Like it sounds like all of these great bands. It sounds amazing. The, the irony is, did you know this? They weren't crazy about it and they really didn't like the production of it. Did you know that? Is that right? I had no idea. Yeah, totally. They get the guys, the Dinosaur Junior producers come in and do it. And they thought it was really like too slick and rock-like. And that's, no why the, that's why the 1992 record is made is because it's a pushback against it. The, I mean, the, the hilarious thing is they didn't get paid a freaking nickel by their independent label. They're touring in these crappy clubs and they consider this to be their sellout record. Which I mean, I can't even really imagine. Hard. I'm like, you know what helps when you sell out is when you get the but, cash. When yeah. you sell out, you don't get paid. It's a problem. There's it's no, no selling out here. It's a different flavor of mood to the Matthew Sweet thing, but it's a total early mid twenties record. They're two to three years older than, than the three of us. Um, there's a bunch of sad songs. First of all, there's a bunch of amazing rock songs. Second, there's a bunch of songs about being in a bar and being a loser. Yes. <laughs> like four songs that are about yeah. that. And then there are several songs about or that are breakup songs and about how evil, like how sad you are to break up with this girl, like cold shoulder and gun. Yeah. Amazing. Um, here's what uh, I, oh, and this is another one. I chose a different Uncle Tupelo song for the song of the year. And that was great because I didn't choose my favorite album. I got to do the album in season two. That's this. This is easily my favorite album by them. Second, this is another one of those albums where there's six different songs in this album that are my favorite song on the album. And so I'm going to do the opposite of what I told Jeff to do. The equivalent of Girlfriend in this record is Gun. If you can't sing every word of Gun, then go listen to it right now. It's like a top 25 rock song. It's fantastic. So super awesome. But instead, the last favorite song, the song that is stuck with me and it's burned on my brain. If that's all right, Jeff, start oh. at minute 130, please. Still Feel Gone by Uncle Tupelo. It's a slideshow that you're yawning through, or even sleeping. And as the carousel goes round, the slides are still upside down. There's nothing to make out or even notice. And if that's all right. 
such a beautiful statement of what it's like Sweet. to be in your 20s. Um, and I remember really vividly the Mad Men episode about the Kodak carousel and how this song echoed oh. in my brain as I heard it. And so the pictures are upside down. They're out of focus. It's super boring. That's he's describing his own life. And then he comes to the, if that's all right, it's all right. It's just such yeah. a beautiful, spectacular, wonderful. It's the last song on the album. And as a bookend with Gun, it just couldn't be any more perfect. Like yeah. describing that time in your life and the proper way to live it. Like it's fine to hang out in a bar and be, be angry and drunk. That's awesome. It's also fine to be brokenhearted over breaking up. But at the end of it all, it's all right. It's beautiful. Huh. It's a great record. A great pick by Ben. I, I flip a coin between Anodyne and uh, this record is my favorite. But you're right. This is the, the reason I fell so hard for this record is I came in with the D. Boone tribute. There's a song called D. Boone oh, yeah. about D. Boone from the Minutemen. And then I listened and to it. And the chorus is this song ain't about nobody. Yeah, so it's amazing. But then you, when you listen to Gun, the thing that's so brilliant about this record is there's, I can't believe they think this is a sellout record. There's no click track within a thousand miles of this band. Like they're all stops and starts and weird. And like, if you try to go like one, two, three, four through any of these songs, you're going to get lost because there's all these weird breathing moments where they pause a little bit of extra minute or they pull it back like gun, like all oh, that bomb. Well, I'll just play it. Like you can just hear like, this is a band that has played together for a thousand, 10,000 hours and they just know each other like the back of their hand. And you just, you just so rarely get a chance to hear a band that's bothered to get this good and then allows itself to be recorded in its natural state without being like screwed up by a producer or push forced into a click track or overdubbed to death. Like this is the sound, this is what it must've sounded like when they first played it. And they oh, just dude, went into and a studio and got it right. It's just such a great, it's it's so great when you get to hear music the way it today was researching intended. it i did the youtube deep dive yeah and there's dozens of 1992 shows of this record including it at toad's place in new new haven yeah little tiny clubs and the gun version i mean it's just perfect you, you <laughs> described it perfectly like it's it's yeah. actually sounds exactly like the record and i mean that as praise the yeah. record sounds exactly like the way they did live yeah so just listen to how this song starts and you could hear that like you can't you can't chart this. You can only you, the only way you could play it is to feel where the pauses are along with them. And and after you've listened to it as many times as we have, they're all there right there. But I just I just think this is such a audacious way to start a record.
Oh, great. So fucking um, great. It killed it. They, they recorded that, I think, down the street from where I went to school. North yeah, East. it's in Massachusetts, and they yeah. recorded like in a two-week period. Right by Wentworth, and I was the style section editor of the Northeastern News at the time, and it just got by me. Didn't, didn't know that. <laughs> oh, dude, you were not alone. I mean, I don't think anybody listened yeah. to this record. Like, they really were, like, just percolating at the, at the low end. Yeah, good stuff, golly. Yeah, great. Um, all right. So I got to bring us to a close here. Um, I started out our conversation tonight seeing how much weight we may have gained over the big Thanksgiving weekend. So let's end the podcast with a little bit of chocolate cake. Woodface by Crowded House. Jeff Simons, what do you think of Crowded House? Okay, so I actually like this record. I think you picked the worst song on it. Like I really, I I mean, they're great songs. They got like four or five hits off of this album, right? There are two songs on this record that just kill me, and one of them is Four Seasons in One Day. But the best song on this record is Fall at Your Feet. Fall at Your Feet is a perfect song. It's so good. It's so moving. I, 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 I'm still obsessed with it after how many years this has been. But Did that, you pick that song? No, no, I just love it. I just love it. I'm total. And I, fall, I fell for it again like six months ago. I can't remember why, but like for like a month, every time I was by myself in the house, I was singing Falling Your Feet. I love that song. Go ahead, play a little but, for us. I'm moving inside her Lying in the dark And I think that I'm beginning to know her Let it go I'll be there when you call And whenever I That melody kills kills me, um, but I um, I feel like uh, Crowded House can't get out of its own way a lot of the time. Like I really liked Split Ends, which is one of the which was Neil Finn's first band because right. it was so jagged and weird. And there was all these noises, but Crowded House was his attempt to make something kind of more timeless and classic. And they just uh-huh. couldn't. There are just too many tracks where they put in like sport blap, 
And like, you got to be really careful when your lyrics are about that afternoon's newspaper. Like, this, you know, like that's a song <laughs> making fun of Tammy Faye Baker. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like, yeah. but, um, and I mean, I don't, I don't mind that. I like, I mean, I, I think it's fun, but, but uh, yeah, I, I am not a crowded house hater. I would imagine that our boy Ben is a crowded house hater. We're not um, even guess. Solid um, guess. I'm going to mute um, him. So wait, can I, I, before we get to Ben, yeah, between split ends and and crowded house and solo records, how many albums has this guy put out? It's a lot, right? I mean, a long it's, career, fifteen maybe. Wow, that's, that's a lot of records. But there, crowded house is good. It, I can understand why why it's not everyone's cup of tea. Um, but they have there are ten crowded house songs that I really like. I'm sure I could come up with 10 good crowded house songs, which is great. There are not a lot of bands where you can say there are 10 good songs. So, uh, Ben Barton, can you name 10? All right, five crowded house songs. No, like. he can't name three, I don't think, but I don't on. really care for them. I'll just leave it to be the last. You could fill in my previous. <gasps> They're Australian. What do you mean, Beatle Worse yet. So, here's my. <laughs> We just yeah. lost Australia, people. Have you? No, no, I love Melbourne, Australia. I've physically been there, but I have no luck for this man. <laughs> That's fine. Have you seen, are you going to watch the, the Beatles documentary? I no. started it with my kids the other night. And it, you're just not going to watch, Ben, you're not going to, you're just boycotting, not going to oh, watch. Oh, it was it. great. It was great. I saw a, a really short review on Twitter that said eight meandering hours that told me nothing. And I was like, okay, fine. No, yeah, that's totally that's wrong. False. That's totally wrong. I, I mean, was, I'm sad we're not going to get to talk about it on the podcast because I oh, found it. If you it, want, I'll watch it. I watched the stupid BT's doc. I'll watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I found it, I found it um, really deeply moving in ways oh. that I really didn't anticipate, but right. ultimately it made me incredibly melancholy. Yeah. I was so sad when it was over and I couldn't shake it for like a couple of days. So it's, I'd be interested to talk about it at some point. Although yeah, I want to talk about every it. other podcast about music can only talk about it. So we're actually an exciting chance <laughs> case that we're not yeah, talking no, about sure. it. So that's good. That's probably uh, a good call. Have you seen the new crowded house documentary? That's what we're going to talk about. It's going to be great. Woodface <laughs> is a perfectly fine choice for 1991. This record's got, a bunch of good songs on it and it's really well recorded and they're a good live band too yeah um, and like a national hero in neil finn yeah um by the way as long as we're about to sign off quick update from the uh not the research room the uh the marketing folks we have the most listens in the united states we have the second most listens in england the third most listens of our podcast are in Canada, but Canada is about to get passed. Which country has been downloading us like crazy over the last two months and is about to get into third place? I would imagine it's the Balkans, right? <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's I the that. United Arab Emirates. It I'm is rooting for them. India. Oh, India. oh perfect. We've gone big time in India. It's really exciting. That's awesome. A lot of folks over there. So as you say that big there, we're going to be. That's a, good a big shape. market. That's a big market. <laughs> so if you're listening in India, hello. Have no idea how you came to us. 
Hit us up on Twitter. I'm going to India next summer. So I want to really? meet some visitors. I mean, nice. meet some listeners. For we sure. have had some good Twitter oh, back great. and forth. We've had some, I appreciate those of you who are engaging with us on Twitter. It's right. been a ray of sunshine on an otherwise cloudy day. Very yeah, often. It's great. So. It's great. All right. Well, you guys have a wonderful week back to the uh, grind. And I was actually, I'll probably see you this Wednesday when we do 1990. Yeah, exactly. See you in 48 hours. Hey, Ben, does hope spring eternal for Tennessee basketball this winter? How are you feeling? Oh, big time. I, yeah, I, they look I good. I freaking love this squad. I love them. I was devastated. I was actually really surprised, not devastated. I was super surprised they didn't play better against Villanova, but they ran UNC out of the gym. Yeah. And dude, our, our freshman guards are just the greatest. Like, wow. I couldn't be more like enthusiastic and infatuated. I love it. That's hey, awesome. Uh, speaking of Tennessee, your volleyball team is taking on Chapel Hill this Friday in the first round of NCAAs. So nice. Go balls. You guys should have some kind of bet that I can watch from a distance. Okay. Uh, you guys can work that out offline, uh, uh, I suppose. Um, right. Oh, wait. I had another question. Shoot. I had another pithy, fun question. But in a week, in 48 hours, to the next right. time. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Bye, friends. Fellas. Hey, if you're having as much fun as we are, leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a rating on Spotify, iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a shout. And then check us out on Twitter or at our Facebook page, 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric cast. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here. And I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Yes.